Hello, everyone. I am Joanna Pagonis, and welcome to Tackle Tuesday. So last week, I shared one of the reasons why I started this podcast, and it was really linked to why I started my own company, Sinogap Solutions. And so today, I wanted to just continue the conversation, because last week, and you can always go back and listen to uh, the first episode, it's really short. It's just a little over seven minutes. Uh, but I really talked about what I see my role as. And I said that my role is to educate people within organizations, especially organizational leaders, leaders about the benefit of creating positive and resilient work cultures. And I said that my mission is to improve people's lives by transforming one workplace at a time, transform them from a climate of command and control towards a climate of possibility. But how do you actually transform workplaces into environments that are inspiring, motivating, and engaging? And that's what I wanted to focus on today, how to transform workplaces into a climate of possibility. And so Where I'd like to begin is to talk a little bit about my early experiences in learning and development when I was an instructional designer. And one of the things that I learned, so I used to design um, programs. I used to design programs for first in the social services field. So I actually designed and implemented anger management programs for at-risk youth who had been mandated to go and get uh, anger management courses. I also designed a program, a residential program for homeless youth. And then from there, I, I also did anti-bullying for schools in the K, in the K to six before I moved over into the corporate world and started uh, designing and developing leadership training and employee development programs. And one of the things that I learned from all of those experiences is that there are certain principles that you need to follow and adhere to when designing a learning environment that's that promotes learning, that encourages individuals to learn and to walk away from the experience confident, confident enough to apply the things that they've learned. And so one of the things that we used to do to ensure that learning environments promoted learning was number one, we always respected the individual learner in the classroom, whether it was a classroom, uh, whether it was a workshop, whether it was an online learning environment. I'm just going to simplify and call it a classroom. But in the classroom, in the learning environment, there are certain things that we needed to do. So number one is you respect the learner. You respect who they are, their experiences, their knowledge, and you create an opportunity for individuals to tap into that knowledge, to reflect on their prior knowledge, and to be able to talk about it and to express how what they know applies to the things that they're learning. So they do that for themselves, but then they also do that for others. They have an opportunity to improve other people's learnings by sharing those experiences that are important and real to them. It's also critical to give individuals the freedom to learn in their own way. And 
Instructional designers inherently know this. They design various activities to promote the different ways that people like to learn, whether that is through self-guided reflection, whether that's through reading, and obviously the importance of practicing what we've learned, right? So giving people the opportunity to experiment, right? Learning has to be experiential. Trying out the new skills that we've learned or the new knowledge that we've acquired in an environment where it's okay to fail, where it's okay to make a mistake. And receive feedback on how we're doing. How are we applying the skills that we've learned? Where can we improve? And last but not least, that the learning environment is positive and encouraging. And so what I'd like you to do is to take a moment and think about, well, what if our workplaces were like learning environments? That's why I started with my experience in designing learning environments, because I think that's the key to the question around how do we transform workplaces into environments that are inspiring, motivating, and engaging. So I'm going to go through the different principles again. And what I'd like you to do is to think about your workplace. Think about whether the things I'm going to share with you or that I'm going to repeat exist in your workplace. And whether you write it down, check it off on a piece of paper, mentally check it off in your mind. I want you to count how many of these principles or characteristics exist in your workplace. So number one, that the individual worker is respected for their past knowledge, their experiences, and are given an opportunity to share that and to talk about how those experiences are relevant towards the work that they are about to embark on or that the work that they are actually doing. Number two, that workers have the freedom to do their work in their own way. So for example, you're given a task or you're assigned a project. Are you given the freedom to approach that work in your own way? Or are you micromanaged? Are you told this is what you need to do? This is how you do it. And that's it. Another thing to think about is, How much support do you get to try something new out, right? To try um, a new approach, a new technique where it's okay to take a risk. And if you fail, that's okay because you will be supported and you will get feedback. And last but not least, do you work in a a workplace, in, in, in an environment where you are supported and that is positive and encouraging. So how many of those have you checked off? One, hopefully at least two. And how many of you said none? And I think unfortunately the reality is the more people that I've spoken to throughout, people that I've spoken with throughout my career, the majority of our workplaces were lucky if we have one of those. This is one of the reasons why I went into this business. So out of the 20 years that I've, I've, I've worked, um, worked with others and, and some of those years that I've worked in a corporate setting and I've worked for others, only once in my whole career did I work in an environment 
where I could check off all of those things, five things. There were five principles that I shared with you, and I could check off five of them. And our engagement scores, guess what they were? Because typically, especially if you look at Gallup, engagement scores tend to hover, I mean, usually around 60%, give or take whatever's going on in the in the world at that time. But even from my own experience working in large, complex organizations, engagement scores tended to hover around 60%. And sometimes they were lower than that, uh, sometimes a bit higher, but never usually over 67, 68, or even 70%. Um, they usually kind of hovered at a, a C, if you will. But in that workplace that I worked in that had those five principles, our engagement scores were 88%. I had never experienced that. They were 88%. And so when people say, well, why do we need to transform our workplaces into environments that are inspiring, motivating, and engaging? What's in it for me? What's the return on investment for this organization? Well, there you go. 88% engagement scores. And, And it's not that you just want people to be engaged. The more people are engaged the more effort they'll put into their work, the more productive they will be, the more they will collaborate with others, and the safer they will feel to take risks and try new things. And that's when innovation happens, right? When we try something new that we've never tried before, we may make make a mistake and learn from that. And then we can improve something, something that may be even a little improvement, one little thing that can make somebody's life or people's lives in that work environment more efficient is innovation. And I think one day I'm going to, we're going to spend a whole show on what innovation is, because I think innovation is a word that gets misused and misinterpreted. And I don't think innovation needs to be life changing, like sending somebody to the moon. I think it can be as simple as, wow, we've actually taken out an extra step in this process, which has actually saved us hours of work. And now the time that I have from those hours of work, I can devote it to professional development. And there's a lot of research that shows that the more professional development employees have, the more engaged they are. And the more engaged they are, the more productive they are. So you see, everything is intricately linked. So I think the key The secret, if you will, in transforming workplaces into climates of possibility is to approach the workplace just like we would a learning environment. In some ways, we need to think like an instructional designer. And as a leader of a team or a leader of an organization, if you're really thinking about where do I start, start with how you assign work. Start with how... Open are you in embracing other people's experiences? Do you ask for people's input? Do you solicit input before you make a decision, before you implement a policy or a process? And, you know, we think about diversity and inclusion, and there's so much out there right now about diversity inclusion and making sure that our workplaces are diverse and inclusive and respective of other people, especially underrepresented groups. What are we actually doing to create a workplace that is diverse and inclusive and embraces diversity? It's one thing to send people to unconscious bias training, which I always say is a good start and it's important, but you can't stop. Your efforts can't stop there. That's just a 
checkbox, right? You're checking the box and that's an output. But you have no idea how that will convert into an outcome and, and, and improve the lives of the people in your organization. And so I think integrating learning principles in the way that we design a classroom environment and integrate those same pr principles in, in the way that we design the, the way we do our work, the way we assign tasks, the way we make decisions, it can actually go a long way in creating a diverse and inclusive work environment. Because think about it. If you actually respect the workers in your company, you respect their experiences enough to seek them out, to solicit those experiences, because you know it's important in, in how you will complete a task or how you will design a policy, you will learn things that you've never known before. And I give one example a friend of mine was mandated to go back to work. Everybody had to go back to work, but she has young children that aren't in school yet and there are no summer camps and she doesn't know who will take care of them. Now, if before they implemented this new policy that everybody has to come back to work now because they felt like it was safe to do so, if they had just asked the people in the office, you know, how will this decision impact you? We respect you. We respect your life and your experiences. And, and we want to make sure that we create an environment that's conducive in allowing you to do your work in a way that is engaging and supportive. Please let us know how this decision will impact you. And if they just asked that and heard, they may have taken a different approach. They may have worked with her and other employees in similar situations to say, okay, well, what can we do to support you? Can you come to work part-time, other times work from home? You know, why does somebody need to actually be in the work environment versus working from home, right? Is it, if I see you, you're working, if I don't, you're not, is that what you're basing your decision on, right? And so, and that will be another Tackle Tuesday episode. Uh, we can spend a whole other episode on just that topic alone. But I think if we actually respect our workers enough and consider their past experiences, It'll go a long way in creating an environment that's positive and encouraging. I would like you to share what you thought about this and what are some of the things that you have done to create a workplace that is engaging, motivating, and inspiring. And so just send me an email. Go on my website at synogapsolutions.com. You can reach out to me through my contact page. So that is our show for today. Once again, I'm your host, Joanna Pagonis. And I look forward to tackling the next issue with you.